0: Welcome everybody to the Anthony Irwin Show. I am Anthony Irwin today joined by somebody who has been on the show before. When we finished recording last time, I said that I'm going to start having you on the show more more often. And I was upset at the fact that I didn't have you on the show before the time I had you on last. Dan Wojcicki of the LA Times is here uh, to talk about the Lakers, to talk about the Patrick Beverly press conference to talk about the offseason season season that the lakers are having one that feels like it should be wrapping up and actually that's kind of where i wanted to start the Lakers. the lakers like the last couple years have had super short off seasons right the the one two seasons ago was like it felt like a week long last year was a, a a month shorter So I just kind of curious, what are you doing to pass the time now that we actually have the (laughs) traditional month back? Well, (laughs) it's weird. weird. So,
1: and I think like the other thing too, about this off season where it's different is like, things are happening in a very strange order, Mm -hmm. right? Like in most NBA off seasons, like if the Lakers were going to trade Russell Westbrook, it would have happened already. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, Donovan Mitchell getting traded this late into the summer. Like it it typically wouldn't have, it would maybe happen at the start of training camp, but it Mm -hmm. wouldn't happen sort of now. And so I think, like, uh, I'm re- like a really <laughs> kind of interesting way to look at it. So when the LeBron extension happened, I was on vacation,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? Like, because typically
0: we we're think, usually good to go this time yeah, of year. I didn't
1: think, yeah, I didn't think <laughs> anything was going to happen. Yeah, and then at that time, <clears throat> and then yesterday or two days ago, when we were at the Beverly press conference, you know, two of the four beat writers were also on vacation. Which again speaks to kind of like the timing of all of this stuff that it's happening sort of out of order in a way that it normally wouldn't. So it's weird. It's been like it's been like if the NBA off season is like you let the air out of the balloon of like last year and then you blow up a new balloon for the new season. This is like kind of like <laughs> slow, like a slow yeah. escape of last season with like a really slow inflation of this season. Like, I mean, I don't think anybody would be shocked if the roster looked different on the first day of training camp than it does today. Yeah. I don't think that's like a stunning thing to say. Um, I don't think I wouldn't be shocked if it doesn't, it's just sort of, I don't know. It just sort of feels like um, no one's swimming. Everybody's just not drowning.
0: (laughs) It's if you, if we're going to continue with the balloon analogy last year's season, right? Like is, is that really sad helium balloon? Yeah, like, that it's just it's yeah. just like it's just like floating down to the ground. Right now, it's like hovering at about a foot off of the ground. Yeah, those are always super sad too because they're the usually string like, has
1: started to coil on the ground and <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah,
0: they're usually like the super bright, the the super bright because like even last year, right? They trade for Russell Westbrook. It's this big, loud trade that they do. So it's this super mm-hmm. boisterous balloon that now is just kind of festering on the ground. And then the helium machine broke, so it's just like. Rob Polinka blowing a straw into a balloon to try to get this one <laughs> off of the ground. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's just, yeah, it has been, I mean, for like an off season where a lot has happened. Yeah. And a lot has happened, right? Mm-hmm. Like we have had a new coach uh, persistent trade rumors among, you know, one of the team's biggest, you know, highest paid players. And certainly what I would say is like, you know, a star. Um, I think you've got, um, what else? Like, I mean, a pretty again sizable roster turnover. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot has happened. Um, yeah. it like, but it still like sort of feels like simultaneously, like, because like the Westbrook thing hasn't been fully dealt with, like, has everything happened? So, are we still like waiting for like the big, like the big moment? Yeah. A- and at the same time, it, it's sort of just this like, I don't know. Like you said, like, it's weird. It's this weird feeling like, okay, like just start already. Like, like, let's get this going. And at the same time, it's also like, don't start already. Like I can't believe we're like three weeks out of training camp or four weeks out of training camp. Like that's insane.
0: Right. Yeah. It's, we're supposed to be doing, you know, this is right around the time we would normally be doing player previews right on, on the, you know, on the site, Mm -hmm. on the pod feed. This is normally where we would start looking at the roster and, in its entirety and trying to figure out like how everything kind of fits together. And I don't know if I'm supposed to do a player preview for Russ. And this is the (laughs) highest paid player on the team, you know, and, and, you know, essentially, uh, I I think we kind of have a feeling who all is going to be on the team. It's just a matter of like what roles they're going to play and and all of that. And, and yeah, I I think that's a decent segue into the thing that I really wanted to talk to you about today. And that was the, the Patrick Beverly news presser, which, this is somebody who I would imagine the Lakers acquired to be their starting point guard. This is <laughs> like when they when they brought him in; uh, he fits better than LeBron or with LeBron and AD than than uh, you know Dennis Schroeder did or Russell yeah. Westbrook did last year. Uh, he is somebody who kind of has that attitude, um, that Fu attitude that the Lakers have really really missed last year. Uh, I, I think he was something you know. I don't think he was somebody that Rob Polenka would want to be the centerpiece of their offseason, but he is certainly an, an improvement to, to what they had last year. And yet, like, literally, the elephant in the room or the $47 million contract in the room is standing back there. And it's like, wait, who? They both play the same position. They, we both know they don't like each other. And there was yeah. all this there was all this made of like, oh, they dapped each other up, they said hi, Russ threw him a towel, you know, like it was all these yeah. things that like made it seem like, okay, they're ready to move forward. But like nobody honestly believes that they're ready to move forward. Well, look, so I mean
1: I think like I will say this for Russell Westbrook, like I mean, he does um I think he I'm trying to think how I want to put this. Like I do think like he wants to be about the right things. Yeah. Right? Like mm-hmm. So been when there for and Ham's
0: it, thing, yeah. You
1: know, like he was like he was the Laker player on the bench of summer league. Like he was the, you know, the um, the guy who showed up for Darwin Ham's with like I think it was like him, Stanley Johnson, Austin Reeves, and Wendon Gabriel, mm-hmm. right? Like, I mean, that juxtaposition is, is pretty hilarious, <laughs> right? right? Yeah. Like, you know, he's the he's the player that that stuck around for what really even wasn't that much of a press conference, like. It was sort of like the mechanics of it were such like when we got there, you know, typically the introduction press conference, right? Like happens usually on the floor. There's the banner behind you. Mm -hmm. You know, you sit on the dais with like the coach and the general manager. You talk about the acquisition. This is what they did for Anthony Davis, what they did for LeBron James. This is sort of what you do, right? Um, This didn't happen that way. This was more of a scrum. It was a scrum in the media room. It was Mm -hmm. like a post-practice availability. Um, you know, so the fact that, you know, Russ and Darvin Ham and Rob Blinken was kind of meandering about in the back, you know, the fact that like it was attended in itself was like a little bizarre. Yeah. Um, you know, I I think like, so I do think that like Russ in the, in the time, the time being right, like he's coming to these things, I think for a, a handful of reasons, I think one mm-hmm. is because they are, you know, this is what a good team a good teammate would do is you show up for this stuff and. Yeah, that's what he wants to be. I think secondarily, I think, you know, look, man, he doesn't want to show he doesn't want to like show that he's affected by all of this stuff that's Mm -hmm. being talked about in terms of his trades, his lack of value and all that stuff. It's like, look, man, you come, you share this stuff dead on. um, That's like you don't back down. Right. Mm -hmm. Like that is very much in his his DNA as a person. So it makes sense that he would kind of go there even if it like makes like some other people uncomfortable, I think he probably enjoys that a little bit too. Oh yeah, for
0: sure. Yeah. You know, absolutely. Um,
1: And and then I think, you know, like lastly too, like, I do think like what's funny is like, you do, you do see those guys. and it's, It's weird. You do say like, this is what's so strange about this team. And, and I mean, I don't know if this is like you come into a season with fresh eyes and this is how you look at things. It's like, yeah. Like Patrick Beverly is a point guard. But he's like as point guard ish, traditional point guard is like. I mean, in the same way that Russell Westbrook really isn't a traditional point guard either. Like yeah. they're very different in their approaches to the position. But like neither of them is like you know John Stockton.
0: Yeah. Like run a pick Steve and roll. Bass, Chris Paul. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. Like that's not really either of those guys. Like, and I think the differences between the two of them do sort of speak again. Kind of like All roads road point back to the Westbrook decision originally, just sort of like how wild it was. Yeah. That people involved thought. That like, so that, that Russ could do the stuff. Like all the reasons why Patrick Beverly makes sense are kind of reasons why Russell Westbrook doesn't.
0: Right. He he makes sense because he's not Russell Westbrook. And I don't mean that as like, not I, no. I would mean yeah. on his Jersey, it would say in capital letters, not Russell Westbrook. <laughs> yeah. They're the antithesis of each other.
1: It's you have a guy who like, you know, and to me, like the biggest thing with Beverly, right. Is like, is he going to play 65, 70 games? Like, That is that is the hundred like like so many things is like he has to be healthy, um, you know, and if he's going to miss 25 games, he's got to miss the right 25 games. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to be healthy at the end of the year and you need to be healthy at the start of the season to kind of get this team and set the tone and all that stuff. Um, But like, you know, you look at it and you say like in a lot of ways, like he kind of pairs perfectly with what you would want LeBron James teammate to do. Absolutely. Plays defense, doesn't need the ball on offense. Shoots. Can step, in, step into open shots.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, basically, like, doesn't really take bad shots, just takes open catch-and-shoot threes and is underratedly proficient at it. Um Wasn't last year, but career-wise, I mean, like, I think if you tell people that, like, Patrick Beverly hovers around 40% from three, people would be like, that's nuts. That's not true. Yeah, but... But it's is. true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's, like, actually true. It's something he does pretty well.
0: On decent um, volume, too. Like, Rondo... Yeah. Rondo that one year shot around 40, you know, 37 ish percent from three point range, yeah. but it was on like two attempts per game in all of the threes that he took. Nobody was like facing yeah. him even. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No.
1: And I mean, look, Beverly is probably closer to Rondo than he is like JJ Reddick. Yeah. And that standpoint, but it is like a guy who, you know, will step into open, open threes above the break and the corner, like top mm-hmm. of the key, like he's comfortable. Um, it is though, like I said, it is just sort of wild. As like we talk about, like, oh, Russ needs to adjust. Russ needs to change his game and stuff like that. I do think it is kind of, again, it, I, I'm reminded of just such what a like what an ask that's yeah. been because mm-hmm. they are so different in their skill sets. Yeah, and so it, so is there a world in which like the things that probably make Patrick Beverly a good complement to? Um, LeBron James probably still apply to Russell Westbrook, actually, mm-hmm. you know, willingness to defend in the backcourt, step into open shots when a player creates and stuff like that, like that probably pairs pretty well with a ball dominant player. Yeah. Um. It's just a matter of like how many ball dominant players can you have? And I think we saw last year that two, and especially if you consider Anthony Davis, two is a guy who needs the ball to be in rhythm. Three mm-hmm. um, is probably too many.
0: Yeah. I want to go back to the the scene there at the presser and mm-hmm. and I'm glad that you pointed out that uh Polinka wasn't up there. They didn't have like a jersey to hold up. It was oh, yeah. it was she was just it was it was very kind of thrown together. And you know, one thing that I've noticed over the course of uh, Rob Polinka's tenure is he'll sit out news cycles until he has good news to talk about, right? And sure. And I think and – and he's not unique in this approach. Like, this is – this is especially in 2022, most powerful people are going to wait for an opportunity either to change the narrative themselves or to have some kind of development that, that changes the way that people are talking about them. Yeah. He's not um, a process
1: – he doesn't do process-oriented press conferences. Like, no, he's not a talk to us the week before the trade deadline GM. He's not a talk to us right before the draft GM. Yeah. Like, there are other – there are other – leagues that do this there are other you know I mean I still to me like I'm amazed how it's mandated in the NFL like general managers who are like I mean NFL people are paranoid right because there's actual (laughs) like real like you know the guy you might have targeted in the sixth round like might not be on anybody else's draft board like there's really actually proprietary information Mm -hmm. Um, but like they make them talk a bunch in the pre-draft process they have to talk at the scouting combine they have to talk at Um, The week before the draft, like these guys are experts at saying nothing yeah. because like it's sort of mandated. Um, It was to me like noticeable that you make that you make a trade and like, look, if Rob is up there, he's going to have to talk about Mm -hmm. he's going to have to answer questions about Russ and and future draft picks and trading and stuff like that. And, And instead of kind of tap dancing around those things like there's no mandate, you just can stand in the back and yeah. And just not have to deal with it.
0: And was did he make him safe of make himself available in any way? Like at the end of the presser, like was no, there... he was
1: yeah. So like the way it kind of worked was like I mean he was in the back of the room, and after Pat was done talking, Darwin came up to talk, and you know, Rob kind of ducked out.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I said, uh, you yep. know, this is something that that uh, Harrison and I have spent some time on, and and you know, this is why. It, a, it got to a point with Beverly in not having that press conference. Cause they said they were going to have a press conference on the, sure. um, on the press release. They said there was going to be a press conference. Um, they said that, you know, these things were coming and then it was like, okay, when, when is that actually happening? And, and then, you yeah. know, it got to a point where, where, you know, people on Twitter started noticing, Hey, I thought they were going to have a press conference. I, you know, and the
1: inference, right. Is that they've got more to announce That's sort of the inference.
0: That was what I took, right? That was what I took was that, like I said, Rob Polinka is very much the kind of person who, after the news cycle changes and becomes more optimistic, um, that's when he'll take the opportunity to go out there and and answer those questions. Uh, Because we all remember the the press conference when they announced Frank Vogel. And he was kind of taken to task by local media. Um, People asking, hey, what happened here with, you know, I, I thought Ty Lue was going to be the coach. He has, there's the picture with the birthday cake. There was what happened here with Jason Kidd. Did Jason Kidd's off-court concerns um, did, coming to light? Is that why he's not the assistant coach, but is now the highest paid assistant coach in the league? Like, what was going on there? And I think, you know, after going through that experience, it, it really makes me feel like, if he was always going to take that approach in the first place, this is certainly how, the way that he's going to carry things on moving forward here. And I don't think we're going to hear from him either until media day or until a Russell Westbrook trade is announced.
1: That probably makes sense. I mean, I think at least, you know, look, this is a guy who doesn't do a lot of interviews, period. Yeah. Right. Like he's kind of a, you know, for, for somebody who is like as recognizable and has been, you know, like whatever. But I mean, that's kind of an agent thing. Right. Yeah. Like, um, there are, there are exceptions to that rule, but like, you know, some, like some people, Leon Robert, Rose, like
0: famously in New York, isn't it in, yeah. not including <laughs> local media, you, and you, stuff. You,
1: you know? And I mean, like Bob Myers will do interviews, but at times Bob Myers has been more comfortable, I think in the background a little bit, like, yeah. you know, um, because you put the people you represent out there, that's, that is your job, right. Mm-hmm. Is to pump, to, to, to pump them up, not yourselves necessarily. Um, but like, I think, uh, in this case, I mean, I can, I mean, look, part of this, right. Was that like Darwin Ham wasn't around, like he was out of town and he Mm -hmm. was back in town and they wanted to have both guys there. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, so like, I can say, I can tell you that that was definitely a part of the calculus. Now is that all of the calculus? I don't know. Um, Did they tell
0: Darwin Ham to take a vacation?
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Go away, Darwin. We're gonna fundamentally change the roster. You, you need to relax. Yeah. So I mean, it's yeah. like I. Yeah. I don't like I. that I. I can't say. I just yeah. think that like, you know, sometimes, uh, again to 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 the point is like, this is not the time of year where typically you'd be around for a big press conference. Like right. this is sort of like. You know, when you're kind of getting your ducks in a row, you're maybe, you know, we we will and we will hear more about like sort of, you know, like player only minicamps and coaches retreats. And this is when you do that stuff. People are a little more transient right now, like that last sort of breath of fresh air before the season starts. Yep. And and so that was kind of, you know, how I took it. But that's probably just being like a like a veteran of the process itself and not. Um, and not sweating it like I just think that, you know, like, it's funny, like, like, the the prospect of a Russell Westbrook trade, it just, it's still like, it still just feels like, and I mean, we can talk about this for 20 minutes, I'm sure we will, is like, it is just sort of like a math problem that like doesn't have like a real clear solution. And it mm-hmm. doesn't to me, I like, when I've talked to my sources about the reasons why you would do it and the reasons why you wouldn't. Um, you know, that's mostly how it's presented to me. It's not presented mostly to me as been like we want to do this or we don't want to do this. It's sort of been more along the decision-making process and to be honest, like the arguments for both are pretty compelling. Yeah. I yeah. think I th- I think you can make really strong arguments for keeping Russell Westbrook. I think you can make really strong arguments um for 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 sacrificing as much as it takes. To make a trade, if uh, and to bring in, to basically the way that I've looked at it is like to basically undo the trade and and to send him out for you know three um, or or two or three or whatever the number it is, um, average to above average to good NBA role players in a trade and sort of what's that worth? I think that's been kind of the way that I've looked at it.
0: It's been interesting over the course of like at the beginning of the off season it was abundantly clear that a change kind of had to be made, right? We were coming off of the exit interview where he just took a blowtorch to everybody who was standing in a five foot vicinity with him. Um, and, and at that time it was like, okay, this isn't sustainable. This, this, you know, these relationships I, I think are too far gone at that time. And it looked like if, if he was going to be brought back, there was going to have to be clear evidence over the course of the offseason that, like, everybody has moved forward. And then at the first opportunity for that to be to look like the case in Vegas, mm-hmm. LeBron and Russell Westbrook are sitting 90 feet apart and didn't yeah. acknowledge each other's existence. So you're like, OK, so clearly the relationships don't appear to have improved all that much. Um, now, though, what's interesting is, you know, the, the people that I've spoken to, it's it's gone from a... a a notion of or a question of if Russ is gonna get traded rather than over the course of the offseason it's been when, you know, and and, yeah. and I'm you know, A, I don't know if you if you've been hearing some of the same stuff or, or B um whether you think you've seen enough here from the people involved to actually if the, he is brought back that this won't be just a sideshow unto itself.
1: Oh, I mean, that I can't speak to. I mean, like it, the, the potential for that seems to be, you know, pretty high, I think, you know, in terms of, you know, you have a player who is, um, you know, um, deserved and undeserved. I think at times like a magnet for criticism and and like is yeah. is a very I mean, has been since he was a 22 year old player in this league. And I think so. Yeah. Like it's, if he gets off to a slow start, like in his boot at home and like, I mean, yeah, it has, you know, there's, there are minefields all over the place. What happens if Darvin Ham elects to close a game with Patrick Beverly instead of Russell Westbrook? Right. right. Like, do are, are, will there be any towel passing then? Like, you know, I don't know. I mean, I think, you know, Russell would say, you know, what's best for the team is what, what I want to see happen. But I mean, look, too, Like Russell Westbrook's going to the Hall of Fame. Um, he believes that he is best for the team,
0: right? You yeah, know, there's like, never well, a scenario how, how where he, how he could would, he not? Yeah, how could <laughs> right. he not? yeah. You
1: know, so I think, um, so yeah. Like, there's like an inherent potential for conflict. Um, I just think, to me, like, so I think the best way to do this, Anthony, is to kind of look at like those two arguments, right, and, and to try to like. Suss through those because, like I said i I haven't been. I don't have a feel. Like, truly, do not have a feel for like yeah. if this is or isn't going to happen. I don't. Yeah, know. yeah. This um, is
0: this is the most in the dark I felt all year. This yeah. is. It's and been pretty crazy to, to to watch transpire.
1: I think. Okay, so like, I think it's best to like let's look at the arguments for for not doing it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, the biggest argument for not doing it is that to me it is like. Well, because you don't think anything you can do is going to make that big of a difference. Right. Or enough of a difference. That mm-hmm. is, to me, the, the most compelling argument for not doing it, is that you are sending out two, you're sending out one and seconds, or whatever the draft capital is, you're sending out in a trade, and you're bringing back pieces that you don't think are going to really, really put you into the tip-top class of the West, which you're going to need to be, and mm-hmm. the reasons for not believing that could be talent. It could be health, could be talent and health. Um, yeah. there, are, there are a lot of reasons to, to, to wonder if that's, in my opinion, that is like the most compelling argument. If you're the Lakers as to why you don't want to do this trade that, you know, that you, maybe the, you know, adding three good role players um, only increases your ceiling 10%. And by the way, like you can increase that, like there's the possibility, albeit maybe it's a long shot, that Russell Westbrook bounces back and has a better season and is more comfortable and that your star players are healthy and you have the same increased chances, right? And you're, and by the way, it kind of leads me to the second argument, which is then if come December or come January, things are going well for some reason, and you do need to make a move, now you actually still have access Something to things to, do it. Mm-hmm. to improve, right? Which you don't have to just wait for the buyout market. You can, you can actually be involved in discussions around the trade deadline. Now, look, they've got contractual issues. Certainly when it comes to like the players, they can actually put in a trade that would bring back meaningful talent. Mm-hmm. Right. Like they don't really, they don't really have a middle class on their roster like yeah. it is like minimum guys and exception players and max players. Um patch is like you know the only guy I think now in the middle. Um yeah. I don't have a caption in front of me but that seems right to me. So, yeah, you're like a little limited but like let's say come January like you um you really need a 3 and D wing and one is available and you can put together you know, eighteen million dollars a salary between Kendrick Nunn and Patrick Beverly ballpark, and you have two mm-hmm. first round picks. Maybe you can make a trade,
0: right? Yeah, I think the, I think the second argument I I think holds more water, at least to me, um, in that. So essentially, if the way I respond to the first part of that is if you don't think Miles Turner, who would be the best front court mate that Anthony Davis has played with and Buddy Heald, who would be the best shooter that LeBron and AD have played with while they've been on the Lakers. If that, if that pairing of talent doesn't put you in that, in that (coughs) kind of conversation of competition, then that speaks to me more about how confident the Lakers are in LeBron and Anthony Davis staying healthy than anything. Right. Like, well, I mean, I think that's a big part of the equation, right? Like yeah. it's been two, it's been two years. Yeah. It, yeah. LeBron hasn't played 70 games for the Lakers. You know, he, mm-hmm. he, he is not, uh, unless, unless it was the the one year that, uh, and even that in that year, he didn't play 70 in the regular. He, he eventually added up to 70 by way of the the playoffs, but there was a month break in between those things. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I, I think, so, But the, the second part of that argument, I think, is very is, is, is really valid in that, look, if you don't think the trade is going to improve your, your outlook on the season much regardless, but if somehow miraculously LeBron and Anthony Davis prove that they're healthy and prove that, um, like Anthony Davis, I don't know, was necessarily in, in great shape at the beginning of last year, if they prove that they look like they did back in the bubble, then you say, okay. This is what we needed to see. This is what our competition was always going to be riding on was going to be these yeah. guys' health, these guys' condition. Now you can maybe make a move. And at that time, maybe Russ's value is is not as low as it is right now. Well, um, and, at that and, point, and his true. contract is cheaper like because because yeah, it it's, have...
1: it's, pr- it's been prorated. right and, I mean, I think that's like a big thing too, right? Is that like you are, And part of the reason why the cost here is high is that if you're sending him out to a team where an owner is going to just merely send him home, which is, you know, on a buyout, not necessarily on the, you know, we're going to keep you on our roster. Yeah. I think, you know, I think most people like, I mean, Russ wants to play. I think if you're going to trade him somewhere, that's a part of this. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Is you try to clear the pathways to find him a home. Um, You know, I mean, look, there's a difference between paying out, you know, on a $47 million contract and paying out on one that's been prorated for 60% of the season, right? Like that's a real chunk of money. And I think, <clears throat> so that's certainly a part of it. Um, I mean, I do think that like, yeah, to your point. I mean, like, you know, if, I mean, then maybe we're talking about and things that can happen, but let's say like, you know, Russ becomes sort of the 18, eight and eight player mm-hmm. that I think coaches sort of envisioned for him last year in a comfortable way. I mean, I know that's sort of around where his numbers were, yeah, it but was, it was like, but it was those numbers were obviously those are different because of like well, I'm talking like, yeah. And well, and because like LeBron and AD weren't on the court as much. So like, I think there was sort of a little bit of a push with, with Russ in terms of like, we want you to do a lot. We want, we want you to compliment. We want you to do a lot. We want you to compliment. I think he struggled with that
0: part yeah. of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I mean, he literally said at the end of last year that if LeBron and AD were saying that they were letting Russ be Russ, I didn't see that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, no.
1: And look, I mean, look, letting Russ be Russ means letting Russ do almost everything. And that doesn't make a lot of sense. So, no. I mean, like, again, this is all goes back to just weird casting. But like, let's say that they come to some sort of agreement. Let's say that they are able to make it work in a more meaningful way. Um, you know, like. I, I just think that like you 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 wouldn't necessarily then look to trade Russell Westbrook. Now you're looking to like get the defense and shooting that should always have been a super huge priority
0: mm-hmm.
1: around those teams, and you have means to do it via via draft capital that otherwise you like if you if you make a trade now um, and something happens like you can't you can't get out of it right. Like that has been to me like the story. Um, you know, of the last year plus of the Lakers is that they've they've put themselves in positions that they can't escape. Right. You know what I mean? And I do think that, like, you know, let's just say that Indiana for sure will do Russell Westbrook for a Miles Turner, Buddy Yield, and two picks. Let's say that is like a for sure thing, mm-hmm. which I don't know that it is. I, I'm not yeah. positive.
0: Yeah. Um, I the mean, latest look, reporting is that they would want the Lakers to take on Daniel Tice's contract. Yeah, I saw too. that too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And
1: look, and I, I mean, I think when you talk to people and and it's different as miles Turner's expiring now, like the, the asking price for miles Turner in trades has never been one first round pick. Right. That has never been the asking price. So, you know, if, if you kind of go by the, the logic that, you know, if you're going to send Russ out somewhere and and the team's going to have to buy him out, that's going to cost you a first. Yep. And then the second part of the trade is that second first is to bring back talent back are you getting enough? And I've written about this. Like, are are, is buddy heels contract viewed as a negative enough of an asset, which I don't think it is. Um, I don't think it's viewed that way. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and his Daniel Tice, are those two, are those two deals enough to sort of knock the multi first round pick. Asking price on Turner. have had on miles Turner. And and I don't know that. I mean, look, I still think that's all stuff that could be sorted out or can be sorted out. I think, you know, another another thing to consider is as teams are sort of like settling in and now that the dust has sort of settled on the stars in terms of who's going to be moving and who's not, is like, like if you're a team that's like pretty competitive but has indeed in the front court, like, I mean, is Indiana better off unbundling? Yeah. you know, Maybe you trade Buddy Heald to one team and maybe you trade Miles Turner somewhere else and maybe you get more than two first-round picks. And I think yeah. this is definitely, I think that applies more to the Utah scenario. Absolutely. In all of this, which is like, you know, Sure, like if I was Rob Polinka, um, it's not that hard to kick up to cook up some sort of trade scenario that would have me getting back, you know, Malik Beasley, uh um, yeah, Boyan Bogdanovich, Mike Conley and Jared Vanderbilt. Like it's mm-hmm. not impossible to me to to see a way that I could ask for that. And um, but they if you push those guys out into the open market on their own,
0: they yeah, may return they? more. Yeah, could they each fetch a first rounder or like I don't think they're going to get a first round pick from like Conley or, some, or yeah. necessarily
1: or something like that. Yeah. But I mean, look like does, you know, does Bogdanovich get a first round pick out on the free, on the free market? Like, I think Probably. there's a chance. Mm-hmm. I think there's a really good chance. Um, Could a player like Malik Beasley, who is a really high volume, yeah, yeah. young, really high volume, three point shooter. Like, could he maybe um, Jordan Clarkson, maybe mm-hmm. like I, I, so I think that is sort of, you know, it, it's, and I see this a lot in my, in my mentions and when I'm like perusing sort of like things like, I mean, Laker fans in this situation, like are are pretty tunnel vision. They have a lot of like, like this is like what's best for the Lakers. Like there's a scenario. There's like a little bit of light out of this for us. Like maybe this is the way to do it, but these are all situations very like, especially if you view Russell Westbrook as a guy that is just going to be sent home. Like these are all, these are, these are what these teams are trying to sort out is like, could we get more elsewhere? Mm-hmm. And then again, the Lakers in turn are trying to sort out like, is it worth it giving up all this stuff? If it's not, if you know, like I really believe that they would view like a worst case scenario is that they trade the two first round picks. Anthony Davis gets hurt. LeBron James gets hurt and you missed the play. And like, then like what, what's the point?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Right. And 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 that's totally, absolutely fair. And that is like, <laughs> my nightmare. That is wor- I mean, that yeah. is
1: worst case scenario,
0: right? Yeah. But, you know, if we get to the other side of this conversation and, and make the argument as to why the Lakers should be moving Russell Westbrook, right? LeBron was just capable of and chose to set out the last couple of games, right? He was just capable. He, he was just capable of leading the league in scoring, yep. <laughs> and Anthony Davis is, is still, I think he either turns 30 or he isn't 30 yet. I think he's 29. Uh, uh, and and so like you, you have two of these guys, uh, either LeBron at the late stages of his prime, Anthony Davis in his prime, and the notion of entering a season with... Out the like without looking like you're trying to win because if you're not if you're not if you're not trading Russell Westbrook like that doesn't look like you are after the last season it doesn't look like you're trying to win like that that seems to me to be just as fair a case as why not to move him well not so, a lot of
1: yeah so you talk to people around the league different GMs and stuff like that and you know this is sort of like a fun parlor game that I play with like some of the people that I talk to it's sort of like oh hey you're in charge what would you do right. Right and like and again, this is always like how it's easier to spend someone else's money. Yep. But like most of the GMs I talk to think that like I mean, dude, like you go for it. You have LeBron James. Like yeah, and it D is, a, it is, it is like. <laughs> but like even beyond that, like you have LeBron James. Like that is LeBron James, period. Yeah. Right. And that is the argument for doing it. That is the argument why you push all in. I mean, what I think is kind of strange, and I think it's gone a little unnoticed. Um. Is, and I don't know that they're trying to do this, but you could see like, it does feel a little like half in half out, Yeah, you know, like a, a part of this Patrick Beverly trade, right. Is like, like, yeah, it seems like, Oh, it's a win now trade. Right. Well, it is, but you know, he doesn't have a player option for next season. Like Taylor yep. Horton Tucker did. Right. So like, there is some cap saving like, down, like down the line of that. You didn't sacrifice any draft capital to get it done. Um, You know, people say, well, then why did they say sign LeBron to the extension? Well, like, cause tanking, why right would now, you, yeah, why, cause tanking, why wouldn't you sign LeBron yeah, to an yeah, well, extension? Cause like, even if you were going to bottom out, like it doesn't make sense to bottom out till 2026 anyways. Right. Because you don't have control of your first round picks. So mm-hmm. like, I mean, like you can even strip the fact that like, it's, you know, more LeBron James basketball, like, and he gives you the best chance to win. But even if you wanted to like, you know, start over, start anew, like doing it, like, at least doing it through the draft, there's no incentive at all. To, yeah. to, to be bad right now, there's zero, right? right? So like that's not a real option either. So it does feel like there is like kind of the position the Lakers have taken so far is like this really sort of like wait and see, you know, toe is dipped into the water. Are, are, they, are we going to be all in on being as competitive as we can be? Which I think there is a version of which where you trade those two firsts, you amass as many role players who shoot as possible. Um, by the way, big questions about defense and mm-hmm. all of these shooting. <laughs> yeah. And all of, I would say in all of these trade scenarios, look, I think yeah. the Lakers can improve their shooting, right? Like yeah, you could go to Utah and you could pick off, I mean, Mike Conley is a 40% three-point shooter. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bogdan's an awesome, awesome shooter and scorer. Um, yeah. I, oh, I, doing, I miss, I misunderstood yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. As, yeah. as I mean, it
0: stands, like they don't have yeah. either defense or currently, shooting currently.
1: Yes. Yeah. yeah. Currently. I mean, that's, I mean, currently right now, like to me, they project if things goes, if Everything goes well. They would project as a team that plays just super fast,
0: mm-hmm.
1: high turnover team that forces a lot of turnovers too, yeah. and plays really fast uh, and kind of tries to outrun people. But I mean, who knows? Like that doesn't track well when you have LeBron and you have Anthony Davis, who are really good half court players too. Mm-hmm. So I- I'm not sure what this basketball team is going to look like. But I- I'm just saying, I think like you can, you could, c- you can cook up trade scenarios. That get, that, one get you sh- that get you shooting. Um, Miles Turner is obviously a very good defender, but um, you know, primarily on the interior and like that does have some impact on, on the way you're able to guard on the outside. But like, it's still like, if you need to, if you need to, to guard Kawhi Leonard right you now, you don't have,
0: you don't. there's, it's going I mean, to, it's going it's it's to be LeBron. And yeah. then,
1: yeah. And then if you need to guard Paul George, it's Patrick Beverly probably today.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's not ideal. The 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 thing though, and again, it's just it's just a matter of
1: I. It's exasperating, isn't it? Like I it find is, it it's so. It
0: interesting. is. It yeah, is. Well, it's it's funny because you know the, the. If I was to tell you, all right, Dan, you're the GM of Team X, right? Okay. The starting point on your roster is LeBron James, who was just capable of scoring almost thirty points a game sure. uh, the year prior and a not yet uh, 30-year-old Anthony Davis, wouldn't you be saying, like, all right, cool. I'm a playoff team at least. I'm a, yeah. I'm, I'm a high playoff team, I would imagine, at least. And and yet, like, here we find ourselves, again, talking ourselves into, well, if everything goes well, maybe they're out of the play-in. And it's just, yeah, you know, uh, I just find it really difficult I mean, not like even so, as a as a Lakers fan, but as like an NBA or a basketball fan or even a sports fan. I mean, to, I like, think, to it's, think that it's one simple. of the.
1: Yeah. I actually think it's simple, right? And it's uh-huh. health. I mean, that's health. It is. It is. It's 100% health. That is like, I think that if you talk to people around the league, even people who are as pessimistic as possible about the Lakers, right? And these people do exist. Mm-hmm. Um, You're talking you know, look, Yeah. If LeBron James and Anthony Davis both play 70 games plus like the team will be in the postseason in some fashion. Mm -hmm. I think that's a pretty safe bet. Like I have a hard time imagining the Lakers not in the top 10 of the West. And, you know, not even like I could see them seventh in that scenario, I suppose, because I do think there's some pretty good teams in the Western Conference. Mm -hmm. Um, But like, let's say, let's say like you turn the injury settings off on the West right now. And the Lakers, I, I, it's hard to me, it's hard for you to tell me that the Lakers are are either worst mm-hmm. in this scenario, right? But like the injury settings are very much on, and yeah. are and the most recent examples of it, like I mean, like you feel like for me, like you know, you mentioned Anthony Davis, like last year, I thought it was more about rhythm than it was about shape. Two years ago it was for sure about shape, mm-hmm. post bubble. Um, but like you, you know, I mean. He would say, and he has said to me, like those like the injuries last year, right? Are like pretty freak
0: injuries. They were. You know. That's objectively true.
1: Yeah. And I think like now look, you talk to some sports science people and stuff, and like, you know, maybe there are ways your body's different that absorbs those blows mm-hmm. some different ways or something like that. That's certainly all true. But I think, like, you know, look, if Anthony Davis plays 30 more games last year, like the Lakers are probably in the postseason. I think almost yeah. almost assuredly. Mm-hmm. right like they weren't that far out of it despite the year being as as much of a disaster but again like last year and this is what's so weird about this team and again like just trying to wrap my head around everything like last year like even as this team was like floundering around you know below 500 second half post Star break, like you know letting go of the rope, sliding down the plane standings, getting caught by San Antonio and stuff right. like, right. Like as you know, the team is still talking about like, if we can just get in. Yeah. Like we'll be okay, like, and we're, <laughs> if we can get in and we're healthy, we'll be fine. Right. Like, you know, or we have a chance, right. It's like
0: Kobe famously said, I'm, I'm expecting a game eight, right. After they, after they had just lost in, in sure. their game seven or something yeah, like right? that. Yeah. It was
1: always this belief. And like, now it's sort of like, I, I do get the sense that like they're like this year, like certainly like the talk of like we're hanging another banner has been turned down a little bit. Right. Yeah. Like the expectations are lower. Um, they should be lower. Um, I mean you have Patrick Beverly in his press conference, like point blank. Like I asked him sort of like, you've been like an underdog dude your whole career. Like, is it gonna be different here on the Lakers? A team that I, I don't think anybody really views as underdogs. He's like, oh, you do? yeah, we stunk last year. Like, we weren't in the playoffs. <laughs> right, yeah. And it's like, okay, well, like, yeah, so you're right. I mean, that is true. So I think it is kind of like, you know, I it's just weird. Like, are we talking about, like, what can we do to get the Lakers to the five seed? Like, and again, if that is, if that is sort of the ceiling on the way the roster is currently constructed to loop this back around, I don't think they're going to trade the two picks if that's what they really believe. I don't think they can do it.
0: Yeah, I've I've I heart of hearts.
1: I, I tweeted yeah. this
0: out uh last week or something like that that it's kind of an intellectual trick, right? That that like all right, if we if we don't think that a move puts us into that stratosphere of top echelon western conference or NBA teams, right? Then we aren't going to we aren't going to move the two picks. If that is their thinking, then you don't ever have to move the two for they they were they were never in any circumstance going to be one move away from that type of competition this offseason. Sure. So well, in, in a certain yet, way, like right? we never should have expected them to move those two picks because if that was the standard, then they were never going to reach that standard.
1: Well, look, I mean, unless like a move, like somehow like Kyrie Irving, like falls in right. the lap and then you get like, which had its own set of huge circumstances to consider as well right. too, as to reasons why, again, I mean, it, it, this is not the most reliable person in the NBA. And mm-hmm. you're talking about trading a first round pick seven years out for an unrestricted free agent who's also unreliable in a lot of ways. So, like, <laughs> right. like that, I know had some people inside the organization a little nervous too. Absolutely. Ultimately, they would have probably have done that. I th- I think they would have done that. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think in this circumstance, yeah, it is. I mean, that is sort of another argument to wait. Is like, maybe, maybe you crushed free agency. Maybe you you hit the Malik Monk jackpot on three of the guys you signed, mm-hmm. right? Maybe Lonnie Walker is going to realize potential and become a consistent shooter and harnesses athleticism into being like the, just like crazy wing defender.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: you know, maybe Troy Brown is um, you know what, what he's done in minor minutes and limited kind of low, like low stress rotation minutes. Maybe that all comes up as a starter and he's, he is a three and D wing, like mm-hmm. a real three and D wing. And maybe Thomas Bryan is healthy and is right. like a functional stretch five. And he, Brooke Lopez is for you on mm-hmm. offense. You know, um, he's not going to do it on defense, but like on yeah. offense, right? Like,
0: <laughs> I like how, I like how even in like the, <laughs> the biggest fairy tales let's, let's, that we could talk, yeah, about, yeah, but he's still I mean, not going to he's gonna not going like, to be Brooke
1: Lopez at the rim on defense, <laughs> yeah. but, but you know, okay. Let's say like all, I mean, all that's true. Then again, now, now, you know, kind of where you're at and now you can maybe make the move that you think puts you into that echelon under that sense of information, under that set of information. Yeah. I, I mean, look like there is, I think, I think you in a perfect world, like the Lakers being in a situation where they can be really decisive about this and they could say like, this is the path. Cause I believe this is like what good organizations are able to do. This is the path we are going down. And like, and we are committed to it. And this is this is how we are going. And like, by the way, the Lakers doing that won them a championship. Like they committed to Anthony Davis. Mm-hmm. That is the road they went down. They sacrificed a lot of picks. They sacrificed a lot of like trade assets and players. Um, you talk to people around the league, won the trade, maybe lost the negotiation is a phrase you hear a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, they they didn't really have a lot of competition ultimately at the end of the day, but like they paid what they needed to pay. And they got a, a great player in one ring. time. Mm-hmm. And they won a ring. Um, I think right now in the fallout of that, like it's I think it's harder to look in the mirror and say, like, this is what we should be doing, and like let's do it with full conviction for all the reasons we've talked about over the last 20 minutes. I think it's hard to do. And I think anybody who tells you that they know for sure that this is the best pathway for the Lakers, I, I don't believe it. I just no. I don't I, I just don't know. And I think when you talk to these people around the league, it is sort of, everybody sort of marvels about the position that they're in that like the, the circumstances that would have to occur that you have like this amazing win. Now player, like as win now players has ever existed. It's like Tom Brady and LeBron James are like, you know, like, like that is you, but you have this guy at the stage in his career, you're, you're, you're handcuffed because of a prior move um, two prior moves. Really. Um, you made a mistake in a trade and it's hard to undo it. And it's like, like trying to like, we like weasel out of that scenario in the right way or wiggle out of it. I mean, like I said, people like, I remember I asked one GM at one point, like, what do you do for the Lakers? If you were like the Lakers, you went,
0: (laughs) this is like a smart guy. I know. Right. And it's
1: like, because it is like, these are really, really hard, complicated questions. They are it's why I'm trying to like withhold a lot of judgment about like what they do or what they don't do. Um, you know, there are times like, look, I mean, there were a lot of reasons to have said at the time of the Russell Westbrook trade that it didn't make a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. You know, there's evidence to that. Well, this
0: was the, my analysis back then was like, Hey, if this doesn't work out, you do not have any path forward. Like, so mm-hmm. this has to work or you're screwed and lo and behold, you know, and like, uh, you know, to be absolutely fair to even that move, it, no move was going to work if Anthony Davis and LeBron James miss a combined season last year. <laughs> you know, yeah. like it well, doesn't matter who that's... they bring in, it doesn't matter. But, but like, it, they, part of the thinking was you brought in Russ to help make up for them potentially missing time, and the Lakers were still a train wreck when LeBron or AD weren't out there.
1: Yeah, no, and that ultimately that was why they were that the, they had the season that they had. So, I don't know. Like, part of me is like, I would say. To, to to put a bow on this, like seeing Pat Beverly, and Russell Westbrook and Darvin Ham all in the same room talking about this version of the team that probably can't exist, but like they were talking about it in a way that people sounded like they really believed it, that it could mm-hmm. like in a moment, you're like, okay. Like, you know, you inject sort of like Pat Beverly sense of urgency to everything. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like an attitude and a swagger, like this matters in a way that, You know, maybe last year, like the team was too casual because they were old, and like everybody knew they were playing for the playoffs. You know, this team can't can't rest on those laurels. Like it has to be more aggressive, faster. You have a new coach who's trying to put his stamp on things. So you have all these reasons to be like, sort of like, like I would say, like the vibe in there was like, you know, I mean, so I was there with Dylan Hernandez, who Mm -hmm. people read the LA Times, no, isn't like always the the sunniest person,
0: no. No, right. I, I would agree with that assessment.
1: Uh, like Dylan was like left that was like, oh.
0: huh,
1: and it was like the vibes were like good mm-hmm. now, easy to have good vibes
0: when you don't September. answer questions. It's, it's and, it's, roughly, and it's early September, yeah. right? Like yeah. it's like
1: it's good. It's like easy to have good vibes, but like you know, like he kind of bought whatever we was selling at least for for today, and yeah. I think. So I I don't, I still don't know. I feel like we've, we've come no closer to having an answer (laughs) as to what's going to happen. But it is, it is. I love talking about it because it is just so confusing.
0: It, It is. I mean, it's Jen has asked me, Hey, how have you done an entire off season's worth of podcasts and articles and lowdowns and spaces and all these conversations and, and continue to arrive at, I have no idea. And I'm like, because there is no answer here. There's no answer until you actually get out there and, and actually do it. That You just don't yeah. know. So
1: Well, and like even the speculation is all flawed. Yeah. Like they all have their own flaws and yeah. all of this stuff. And there's like tremendous costs to doing this, which is why I think like the Lakers are in a wildly interesting position. And as a writer, why well, I'm excited to kind of like dig in on it because I mean, like the stakes feel incredibly high. Yeah, like like right away, they feel like incredibly high. Yeah, and um, not just about now, but like the future, um, the the near future, the distant future, <laughs> like all of it feels sort of wrapped up. Yeah, and what's happening right now in
0: September. In September. Uh, all right. Well, I really appreciate you hopping on um, in sorry, this September. Sorry, As sorry, we- yes.
1: Sorry I wasn't
0: more uh no, I, clear on this stuff. There is there is no it's the there is no clear answer on this um until we get one, you know, and, and as of right now, like things are even more kind of muddled than than they have felt all off season. Um and and we'll just kind of see what kind of falls out whenever it does. And when it does, I, I look forward to bringing you back and talking about how annoyed I am at the fact that we've only talked twice over the course that. of the yeah. off season.
1: And that we missed the most obvious, <laughs> we missed the most obvious solution.
0: Exactly. Uh, yeah. Thank you very much, Dan. Is there anything you want to plug before we get chat here?
1: Just read the LA times. Um, it's a newspaper. It's a good newspaper. There's a lot of people who do good work there and it's cheap. I think, I think it's like a buck for six months. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, man, I, it's, I think it's important to the city. No. Not me but I think like the newspaper
0: in general. <laughs> Dan, you are important to the to, to the <laughs> newspaper right? and, and to the city and, and to the show. Um, all right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Anthony Irwin Show. Aaron and I will be back tomorrow to talk on The Hook um, about more of this stuff. And until then, I'm Anthony Irwin saying have a good one.